Hey, welcome back to Everyday Economics, the podcast that helps you learn about the economic world happening around you every day. I'm your host, Chris Krug. I'm president of the 501c3 nonprofit, nonpartisan Franklin News Foundation. Everyday Economics, the production of America's Talking Network. You can check out all of our terrific podcasts at americastalking.com. To support Everyday Economics, please make your tax-deductible charitable contribution by clicking the link in the show description. We're recording today's episode on Thursday, June 22nd, and joining me as always, my friend and colleague, Dr. Orfe Divangi, PhD economist. Are you doing well? Is the economy doing well? Look, the economy looks in pretty good shape, actually, right? It's kind of surprising because we talked about, we talked about recession. Remember recession, recession, but no recession. Recession delayed, recession postponed is, is what I'm hearing. Goldman Sachs just revised their, the probability that we end up in a recession in the next 12 months from 35% down to 25%, I believe. EY did the same thing. They revised their odds of recession in the next 12 months down uh, to now below the 50% mark. It seems like, you know, the recession odds are receding. You know, I, I called out what was factually the technical recession that we had, which was frankly pencil whipped away. So while we did have a recession, it was a blip. And, you know, we have since moved on. Other countries around the world have undergone beyond a technical recession. I feel like we're sort of teetering on the still in that gray area. But it would sure seem to me, based on what EY, Ernst Young and what Goldman are saying in their current guidance, each of these reports were released recently, like within the last couple of days, a much rosier picture. So let me ask you this. What are they seeing that a lot of people otherwise wouldn't be able to see on their own? Look, I'll tell you what I'm seeing. The labor market, the labor market is still in pretty good shape. And as long as we continue to get some labor force participation, some growth in the labor force, we're going to continue to be in a very good shape. Of course, if we don't, if growth in America's labor force slows to a standstill, right? And, and, and basically stalls, then growth is also going to stall. And if growth stalls, then a small shock could send us into negative territory. It's kind of a sign that we're at the end of this expansionary cycle. And at the end, well, usually, you know, you, you hit a wall. And when you hit a wall, you get a decline in activity and the labor market softens and the unemployment rate goes up. As long as we continue to see increase in labor force participation, we're in good shape. Then you have disinflation still happening. Right. You have prices coming down and, you know, consumers have uh, some improvements in their purchasing power. And that's helping to support consumer spending. And by the way, as long as consumer spending is supported, economic activity is not going to crash. You're going to continue to avoid a recession. You also have uh, homeowners sitting on really good. I mean, on rec- near record home equity, able to consolidate debt, the costly debt. You know, that's that housing wealth supports consumer spending and also the stock market, right? That stock market wealth, right? uh, We're talking about the wealth effect here, right? That stock market wealth, even though the stock market was last month was back to where it was at the time, the the S&P 500 was back to where it was at the time the Fed started hiking. Year to date, it's done pretty well. And so, you know, you have comfortable that extra wealth that's contributing to the comfort that consumers are feeling. And as long as consumers are okay, the economy is going to be okay, you know? And so that's what I'm seeing. Last, last but not least, uh, financial conditions are easing. 
they've eased a tremendous amount since the bank, the banking turmoil back in February or March, right? And so all of these factors are contributing to why recession odds are declining or receding and why the, the Fed has more, you know, firepower or ample room, I would say, or cover to raise rates a couple more times this year. You know, you'd reference the market. The market this week was has been highly reactive. The market three days in a row has just really been trounced after massive growth last week. And, you know, you, when you read the, the sort of like the dailies, I'm, you know, I'm always kind of like trying to do my best not to roll my eyes at why the, you know, why pundits are saying the market is doing this or not doing that or, or, or whatever the case might be. But Fed Chairman Jerome Powell is, is in the process of, of testifying today on June 22nd, his second day of testimony. I have no idea what he said. I'm not even sure that the, that the hearing has begun, but the, the market is sort of turn, turned around inside of the day. How influential at this point is is whatever Jerome Powell saying to the outcome of daily of daily movement inside of the the market. I think the smart ones, you know, the, the smart commentators understand that you cannot completely remove companies' performance, a company's performance, and companies in general from the economy because ultimately, if the economy is in the toilet, pardon my expression the stock market is likely going to be. And so you had this kind of increase last week because of the pause, right? The Fed paused and some people, it got the markets really confused, right? Some people thought, you know, maybe they're pausing because they know something we don't know. Some people thought, well, I mean, they said they're going to just skip. He mentioned the word skip a couple of times, right? And that uh, they're going to raise rates again, right? And then at the same time, you have a lot of mixed economic data coming at you, right? You have a strong labor market, although that labor market is cooling and you're looking at unemployment claims are increasing now or taking up. You have that strong labor market, yet unemployment claims have eased, have increased a little. You have very stubborn core inflation number that, that's just not moving at this point. I mean, two months in a row, I think we're staying around the same, the same place. And then, but yet at the same time, you have a lot of disinflation on the house, some disinflation on the housing side. I can't say a lot, but some disinflation on the housing side. And then you have the producer price index that actually fell in May, right? Actually fell, fell for three out of four out of the last four months. A falling PPI tells me that CPI is likely continuing, going to continue to, de- to decrease. You have this, this mix, these mixed signals coming at you. On one hand, the economy is doing well. On the other hand, the economy is not doing so well. But what I say to our listeners is trust the trend. Trust the trend. And the trend says disinflation will continue and the economy will continue to cool. That's my takeaway. I think, I think people are too worried about the day to day. And I guess that's the, the risk of being so data dependent, like the, the Fed wants to be data no, dependent. No, no. I, I think you're hitting the nail on the head right there is that is that we are look, like this is one of those things where in much the same way that if you look at your 401k every single day, that you'll, you'll sort of drive yourself mad. If you're looking at the economy and the, and the signals inside of the economy, the milestones, the, the benchmarks, the things that are being decided, and you're looking at, at for a result on a day to day basis, like the overreactivity 
to the market one way or another. It, I think it, you can drive yourself bananas. It's just, this has to play out. We were in a bull market for so long. And then, you know, of course, everything that we did, we pulled all of those levers, you know, and, and frankly, overstimulated the economy during COVID. And so now this is almost like a settling out period where we're, we're like, literally, the economy is making sense of itself. Yeah, high volatility. You know, I think I think people got excited last week. And now there's just an adjustment back down, right? And uh, but uh, but ultimately, I think the, I think the U.S. economy is not accelerating. I think it's actually cooling. It's cooling, but it's cooling the right way. It's not crashing, right? It's cooling. It's it's you know just like a plane approaching the runway needs to slow down. The U.S. economy is slowing down. And we're ready for that landing anytime now, anytime. <laughs> We've been waiting for that landing. But but yeah, I mean, just a year ago, we were at 9% inflation, right? And so and so we just need to learn to be a little patient. And I think people, pundits, you know, especially, you know, I listen to all the stock market shows, man. They, 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 they have all types of theories. But the bottom line is that the U.S. economy is cooling and the Fed will hike a couple more times to try to cool, to, to get inflation to moderate back down to a level that is consistent with sustainable economic growth. And, and that's what they're going to do. And so, you know, there's no point in, uh, you know, in, in coming up with crazy theories. You know, we just have to trust the process. This inflation continues. We're going to get there. Always a pleasure. Thanks so much for the insights. For Orfe Divangi, this has been Chris Krug. Subscribe to Everyday Economics and dozens of other high-quality podcasts at americastalking.com. America's